a martial arts icon and my high school drama teacher. I don't know about you, but you have my attention. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. If you've been listening to my podcast for any length, you know I have recounted the story of my career to some degree. Um, I became uh, connected to the Hollywood world when I was quite young at about the age of probably four-ish. But I really sort of jumped in um, to acting in my high school years. And I didn't intend to necessarily do that. Um, uh, I won't give away the secret of that because it's going to happen here in a few minutes of how I found my way to the drama department. Um, I am my own drama department, but the guest that I have with me today, I have wanted him to be my guest for a while, but this dude is busy He is my high school drama teacher and director um, that I feel so passionately about. Uh, For all these years, he's held that really prominent place in my heart because of the influence that he had in my life. But all the while, he has so much to him and, uh, you know, he could be interviewed for, for hours on end, but he is an icon of the martial arts and he will give us detail on that. But that whole, uh, parallel that you might not necessarily see right up front kind of becomes crystallized through some of our conversation. I can't wait for you to meet him, Mr. Tim Tackett. So, This is a day that I have waited for for a bit. I have with me someone who truly is iconic in my life, and he has been from the day I met him. I have, I I, I think when I met you, you were Mr. Tackett. And then because of your warmth and your um, effort to become super familiar with your students, we often then transitioned from Mr. Tackett to Tackett. So I'm just going to refer to you as Tackett, but your name is Tim Tackett and you're really a big shot. And the audience will learn just about how big of a shot you are. But I met you when I was a freshman in high school and we just greeted each other a moment ago and you asked me how old I was. And I don't know why I told you, um, but I did. Uh, You could have figured it out, but it's been a few years that you and I met. Yep. And um, I met you because I didn't want to learn to type. I was in a typing elective and I was in that class for about two weeks. And my mind went, um, this is not going to last. <laughs> so they asked me what else I'd be interested in. And I said, probably drama. And there was room. I came in a little late. But it was a a game changer for me being with you. Can you tell me how it is that you became a drama teacher? Sure. One thing is, I think that but the students, because of the theater arts club, they started calling me Tack. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And when did you start teaching at teaching theater? I started teaching in uh, 1970. I had just got my MFA in uh, acting and directing from UC Riverside. 
and what drew you into that in particular? I know you've shared with me in the past, but I just want to hear. You mean the drama? Yeah. I, I did that in, uh, I, I didn't do typing either, I, I, uh, but I pretended I broke my fingers, had a bad finger like this. So I, I said I couldn't type. So I would read in typing class and I typed for my final, I typed minus three words a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always interested in drama. I, I, we had a good, good teacher at the at uh, junior high. Redlands had a junior high. It was a four, uh, a three-year junior high and then a four-year high school, a three-year high school. So in ninth grade, you were the, the big deal there. And I was in a drama class there with Joan Baez, incidentally. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was my girlfriend for a little while. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, I had not uh, heard that how story. She, how she uh, writes about, uh, you know, in her book about being this poor Mexican person. Her father was a full professor at uh, at University of Redlands, and her mother was Scottish. <laughs> and uh, she had a sister that was blonde-haired, and Mimi was dark like Joni was. And Joni was a really... I remember she played the ukulele and sang Earth Angel in our talent show. But she went, there was a kind of a highfalutin club there called, uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of a club. That it, was a, it was by this, this rich lady in Redlands had this club where girls learned comportment and stuff. And they had a dance every year. And she invited me to go to the, be her date at the dance. But we were in a couple of plays together. Oh, serious? Yeah, she was really good. Actually, she had a really good uh, artist, too. In fact, there's a... Uh, my Facebook page, uh, there was a picture she drew of me that I put on there. Oh, I'll have to go That's search wrong. for it. Huh? I said, I'll have to go search for it. I'd love to see it. So you, so you, um, did you carry on then drama into high school? Oh yeah. Yeah. I okay. did all the places. I did, I did football for a while and then back and forth, you know, but yeah, I did all that. And then I, um, uh, I was in drama in junior, in junior college. Um, so I didn't do real well in high school. And I, because uh, I just uh, didn't study, you know, I didn't didn't do that kind of thing. I was too busy doing other stuff. So I ended up uh, ended up having to join the Air Force for whatever reason. And uh, I did uh, actually directed plays in in uh, in there too. I did plays and directed plays. I was a recreation specialist in the Air Force, so I did that. And then when I got uh, I got married and we went to Taiwan. That's well, that's the old martial arts thing. And then I came back. And I majored in uh, in history, so I wanted to do Chinese history because I lived in Taiwan. And what I did was, uh, they didn't offer the Chinese language, and I was lousy in language anyway. So I took an elective in drama, and I started act in acting again. And I just I fell right into it. And I just did drama for the rest of the time. And after I graduated, I went into the MFA program, which is a two year program. And then I got got that out of that, and then I went to. Uh, I went to then uh, got into uh, Montclair High School and I never took a uh, student teach or anything. I went as a kind of a special deal. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, I never, I never learned how to teach. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a good Well, you, you know, you have such a presence about you that I'm sure that you were impressive to people just right off the bat. I'm I, don't know, I don't know if I was or not, you know. I just, uh -huh. you know, um, the job. So, so what, um, did you ever contemplate pursuing your um, acting as a career? I did before I got married and had kids. Oh, and okay. Then, and then I then the teaching thing was uh, was at to do that. So then, uh, and then I, I directed a, a couple of plays in college too. And one was a day, day in the Death of Joe Egg, which was really a great play. If you've never read that, that's a brilliant play. So I, I directed that. 
And, you know, and my MFA thing, I translated a, a play into French, from French to English, and we did worked on that. So I had a really good, really good program at UC Riverside. It was really pretty decent. And then I uh, started teaching, but there's only one drama class when I started in four English classes. So I taught English and then one drama class. Then I built the drama program up to where finally it was just all drama. Um, it Well, as you know, I mean, you were... Uh, iconic in my life because you and along with Mike uh, came alongside me and were so encouraging along my journey in high school, but then even beyond. And it's really the reason that I've ever done anything professionally comes back to to you and to Mike. And um, I remember so clearly one of the first exercises we did in the little theater where Mm -hmm sometimes we would be we would also be in the classroom but in the little theater and you had us get up at one at a time and you had us uh it was improvisational but you told us to be uh an insect (laughs) and then um uh i'm trying to think of it there were two things we were sent up there to do and they were really directly opposite one another but to come up with and i uh, I think I was a B and I don't, I remember Tackett while I was doing that, I was thinking I could do this for the rest of my life. There was something <laughs> that lit up in my brain and it was really brilliant because the, the, the request of us seemed uh, like a low threshold of pain, but the, um, the engagement that happened now looking back at the students I was with. Um, and it seemed like there were all sorts of students in there. You had football players in there. Oh, you yeah, had yeah, every, yeah, that was what was a little bit crazy because I know that when you talk sometimes as an adult and people mention being part of the theater department, they kind of think that it's a bunch of these theater geeks. And though we yeah. had some theater geeks too, but it not was- Not too many, not too many. Not too many, no, it was an like normal people. <laughs> Totally, like just really smart, thinking, creative people. But what was you remember in the in the little theater? Sometimes it was dark in there, and we were all the kids in the front row. And and about about the middle of the class, I noticed that there was about eighty kids in there. They had snuck in from from ditchy class. (laughs) Well, (laughs) just watching what was going on. Exactly, (laughs) and hanging out. And I um, I think the the way about you. Um, you, there's just, you have like this, uh, this, this dry frankness about you, if I can say, yet there's so much there with it. So it was like a no bones about it way, um, which in my experience, not prior to that, but since then, that's kind of this unique quality, but it really cut to the, cut to the chase. And I think that's why you had such a draw in my opinion, as being a student of yours, is that there was, um, you know, we all love to hear it, Frank, whether we want to admit that or not, just straight talk. It's particularly as a teenager. And you were just that kind of person, let alone that kind of teacher and instructor. Plus, you were so knowledgeable um, and everyone respected you. Um, you know, it really, really makes me feel good as I've had at least three ex-girl students that said they didn't commit suicide because of me what yeah oh my that they they, they they came and I, they talked to me and I talked to them and stuff and they 
and they they started doing stuff and uh, it was just weird you know but it really made me feel i didn't know I wasn't aware of that they were suicidal i just there's somebody wanted to talk about stuff you know and you were great about that and and um and I, I don't know that I ever could have said that back then because I had an element of respect for you as my teacher. But at the same time, I feel like I developed this real friendship with you back then. As oh, yeah, a, sure. I, a lot of my students became friends. And that's just the coolest thing ever. I mean, here we are all these years later visiting yeah. and you have that. I feel that resonating thing about you from back then. I feel it right now. Um, I. I uh, loved being directed by you. What would be a kick in the pants? And I don't know if our lives will ever cross this way. If I could ever be directed by you again, like in a one woman thing or something, I think that would be amazing. But um, you are just super smart and um, have a way with people. And what were some of your highlights as in that part of your life um, from being a, um, a drama teacher? Just being with the kids, I just uh, really, I I didn't really dig all the teachers all that much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even at Owanda High School, I thought uh, I used to drive them crazy there because I just I'm not that I'm not a politically correct person, and you know, but uh, I just said what I believed all the time. You know, like a a teachers meeting where we had everybody in a teachers meeting, and we had to all they had some expert from 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 the government from the state department there you know and in the education department they're doing this thing you had to decide what color your students were so that you could teach them in a certain way and they asked everybody around the table what everybody think about it i thought it was a bunch of crap (laughs) 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 and then i remember the meeting that we had with all the drama teachers in the district and they all they all came there and we had this framework this drama framework from the state and they said, okay, everybody, what, did, what do you think about the framework? Everybody said, oh, this is so wonderful. They asked me, and I said, I think it's absolute nonsense. I said, I'm not doing any of it. It's just not what you do. You know, It was all really boring and stupid and stuff. <laughs> and they said, well, these people are experts. And I said, well, I have an MFA in drama, <laughs> acting and directing. And so I think I kind of know a little bit about it. And they just were quiet. And I wasn't invited to go to any more meetings. <laughs> I um I remember thinking I was one time I was hot stuff because I got to bring something into the teachers lounge but you and Mike sat together Mike Kramer you sat together at a table and you were by yourself but you brought your lunch I remember this you're going to think I'm nuts cuz I have a memory like a still trap but you had it you had a tuna sandwich but you had cayenne pepper in a little yeah container yeah. or a baggie because you loved the heat from uh, to add it to your sandwich where did that love of the cayenne come from because every i'm i love heat too and no joke every time i use cayenne pepper i think of you because of that i just i I don't know i guess maybe because i was in louisiana with the cajuns and stuff their their food isn't that hot it just has flavor to it so right i started using the cayenne pepper the tabasco you know that's about it so i had a little thing of tabasco with the cayenne pepper it just made the tuna taste better yeah, but now I don't do heat as much as I used to as you get older. But I do like the, the spice and flavor and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know why I diverted off of that. I think because I what got was the first in. play you did. Um, I did. It was directed by. Well, well, what year did you do? I did. Wasn't in it, but I'll tell you, it was it impacted me so much. What year did y'all do Jesus Christ Superstar? Gosh, I don't know. Seventy 
four or five, something like that. I don't know. What's that, what year? What years were you? Oh, there? maybe you brought it back again then, because no, no, I no, saw no, you. I think three, maybe. I saw it in my freshman year, which was seventy-eight. That was probably what we did. Jesus, we did Saint Judas Passion in the early seventies. Oh, okay, okay. I'm confused there. Okay. Um, I did that show as a as a kind of a counterbalance to Jesus Christ Superstar. The he thought that the uh, justification of Judas was not good in Superstar. He was in, in this one. He was trying to start Jesus start a rebellion against the Romans. So it was a different thing there. Um. The Jesus Christ Superstar was, I was just blown away. I, I, pretty good. I, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than pretty good. Like, um, not ever did I feel like I was seeing a high school play, not to demean that, but I mean, just with the age wise and the performances were just excellent and to a level that a professionalism, it just blew me away. I remember sitting in the seats, just sinking in and not really knowing totally what to do once it was over. It was so impactful. And I, I knew then that I, you know, that I had to be in something, but I think the first show that I was in was, um, was a play that um, I know the way y'all structured it was you had um, musicals in the, where there was a musical in the fall and the straight plays were in the spring. Yeah, Is that a, like that, yeah. yeah. And so it was a play. So it followed that maybe. And it was the incredible incident at Carson Corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a meh play, but you know. Yeah, it was a meh play, but it was... Uh, a uh, Mark Miller was in it. Played good people in it. Yeah, excellent people in it. But it was a mere play. But um, I did with you um, my senior year. Uh, the Gingerbread Lady, which the yeah, film that was, was pretty the, good. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. That was a good play. It. I don't know if you recall the pr the principal came in and wanted just to talk to us because like, there was some language in it and we were kind of pushing the envelope a little bit and just make sure, you know, how we all, how we were feeling about the process. She was new that year. I can't remember her name. I lost She's, you. Hello, huh? hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but I don't see you. You're disappeared, but go ahead. You're frozen. Oh, I'm frozen. Yeah. Just a sec. It's it doesn't but, matter. Okay, we're, we're, we're not recording. I mean, we're just looking at each other. Am I back? Because I don't want to be make you feel funky. Is it back? No, you're cutting. You're cutting in and out right now. Now you're back. Okay. Oh, there um, you are. But you're still I, cutting out. Huh. I apologize for that. That's a bummer. No problem. Okay. Well, as long as you can hear me. Um, the show was just um, one of those experiences that will stay with me as well it was uh, a dig in deep kind of um show and the movie i think is uh of the same um only when i laugh i think with marcia mason and christina oh, yeah, 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 nickel yeah. back in the day yeah but what were some of your favorite they don't have to be anything i was in um but what were your favorite some of your favorites believe it or not it was interesting uh we did uh uh let's see what is it uh barry van frank oh and that was before your time but mm -hmm. what we did with it was uh a really really great ending probably one of the best endings i've ever done for a show 
what we did was at the end of the show, there start the guy comes in, the father, he starts reading out of out of Anne's diary. And what we had is we we got a, a younger sister of the woman who played girl who played Anne, and then a, of the older sister, somebody that looked like her. We filmed some stuff of like like photos. Kramer took photos like at a picnic and different things of the old days before the war, when they were young, real young. And then when uh, when he's reading that we start showing these pictures of the, of the oh, younger and God. then Anne's voice comes on reading the thing. And then her voice slowly drowns out and Hitler's voice comes on. Oh, for goodness sake. And then we started showing the German armies come in and the war. We ended up with a concentration camps with the, the extermination camps. And then the lights went out and the audience, the lights came up in the audience. And they just sat there for 10, 15, 20 minutes and nobody applauded. Nobody slowly got up one or two at a time. Some people were crying and they walked out. I said, that was the best moment I ever had as a director. It was, it was stunning. Absolutely stunning. And impactful that I think that, so as a director, those kinds of moments are those what you think about at all while you're directing? Yeah, well, well the, the thing was at the end of Superstar, I wanted to float Jesus in the air. Uh, so we had to, we had to figure out how to do that. I finally figured out how to do that. We had a, the hinge on the cross and we had Mary Magdalene running up. So the audience looked at traction there and then in the dark, they put the thing down. So Jesus was floating in the air at the end of it, that kind of a thing. Uh, just, just try to get it anywhere, but just move the audience. That's what basically what I was trying to do. So I did that. One of my favorite plays also was uh, Agnes of God that we did in the little theater. That mm -hmm. was that was really a good one. And I do we did a lot of good stuff there. We did a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. And then you moved on. I was on. never a big fan of musicals, but I did, you did Hollow Dolly and stuff like that. It was fun. Right. right. I like the Superstar and the God spells. Those were good. Yeah. Right. I, 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 I also did Desire. Uh, I did a huh? I did a streetcar named Desire at Owanda, believe it or not. Did you really? Yeah, it was really good. We had a great, oh, great, man. great cast, but absolutely fantastic actress playing the lead part there. Oh, man. I know you guys, I visited, you know, I graduated, but I, I still long to hang out with you. And I know I visited on a couple of different occasions and saw some things. And I, I can't totally remember what I saw, but um, I know that I thought these people are so lucky <laughs> to have these fellas with them because they, uh, they'll know, they will definitely know um, what they have. You, um, I, I, know I, had to move out of, I had to move out of Montclair though, because I don't know if you remember right, that a lot of the kids that were in the drama were from Upland. Yes. And then they closed, they, then they've changed the districting. So the Upland kids didn't come to, didn't come to Montclair and the amount of kids in the drama, the amount of talent went way down. So hard to find a play that we could do even within, with a small group of people actually could do stuff. So we had it all different. So when I got a chance to go to, to Etiwanda, it was like the different, you get that kind of different kid again. So I had a lot more, things to choose from you know and then when Kramer came over really up and he started doing a lot of the directors I was doing more football stuff and so tell me why you were doing football stuff that's going to be a, a, a leeway into this fantastic part of you that I always try to share and I never feel that I'm well, doing I, 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 
have to go back to the fact that uh, when I was in, I, I was like, I was always kind of interested in, in uh, martial arts and stuff. I took judo when I was in a little about 13 years old at the YMCA in Redlands. And I was in a circus there. We had a great big circus there, a really great circus. Now you can look up the, the uh, YMCA circus in Redlands and see some of the performances. They were absolutely like professional. Uh, we had one guy from Ringling Brothers and one guy that was with, with Clark at the, uh, uh, Claude Beatty circus for years. So we had professional circus people doing it. I mean, we were doing all the trampoline and teeter, all kinds of stuff we did there. So I did that and I did the uh, uh, judo stuff. And then the guy teaching judo, he left. So I had been in the Y MCA from the time I was in first grade to when I graduated from high school. And I did the circus every year. So I, I did that kind of performing kind of thing. But I was interested in martial arts. And then I got went to Taiwan, met my, I went to uh, Louisiana and met my wife and got married and had a daughter. And then we went to Taiwan and she was teaching in the Taipei American school there. And I was uh, teaching mostly on, in the evenings. I, I, I was in a, running a service club in, on, the, on this base, this national security agency base. And at this base thing, um, I was there mostly in the evening. So I had all day free. We had a, a servant and Ama was taking care of our daughter. And I went to, uh, I started some guy at the, at, I went to visit the gym and there's a the teacher there. A guy who was working there was also the, one of the martial arts teachers, a Taiwanese guy. So I started with him. Then I started with some, just something to do. And so I did that. I finally did that for about seven hours a day, six days a week. And when I came, I did it with the idea of, Helping put me through uh, college teaching when I got back to there. I had the GI Bill. My wife got a job at, when I got back to California. Got a job at the uh, with the uh, um, I taught this uh, private school there, the grade school. And uh, you know she's from Louisiana. She's Cajun. Well, you know her. Yes, she's yeah. lovely. She's a Cajun. Yeah, she is a lovely person. She's Cajun. And uh, I started uh, getting a little. I got a little school. I teach you like this Kung Fu stuff. And uh, I just got doing it and not had to know people and stuff. And then I finally fell into this Bruce Lee thing where he was still alive, but he was going, I saw him in 67. And I said hi to him one time. That's about it. But uh, when he went to Hong Kong and stuff like that, I had a chance to do a seminar because my there, we had these seminars that started in these large seminars just started to, one of them was in Aspen. The first one was in Aspen, Colorado. So he, my teacher did the first year. And then the second year he was in Sharky's machine, the movie Sharky's machine. Oh yeah. He couldn't do it. And I was, everybody else, there was, nobody was doing this Bruce Lee thing for a, a living, but it was becoming popular after he, particularly after he passed away because he was really not, he was not a, he was an actor when he was young. But his martial arts thing was brilliant. It was not this movie stuff, okay? It was just, he was a he was a philosophy major at the University of Washington when he came from from uh, when they, they, he came when he was eighteen years old. They made him go because he was getting in trouble in Hong Kong, so they made him go to the U.S. because he was a U.S. citizen because his father was in the Chinese opera, and he was his wife his mom was there in San Francisco when she had the baby. So oh. he was born in San Francisco. So he was an American citizen. So they said, let's ship him off to America. So when he came over, he was 18. He was working in a dishwasher. He went to the University of Washington, and he was a philosophy major, a very brilliant kind of a guy. So he started putting all this together. He started teaching a little bit. 
and it's things just happened. He managed to get into this TV series and stuff. And he became semi-famous, but not really famous until he died and the movies came out. So anyway, I got the chance to go to this Aspen thing because uh, nobody else could go because everybody was working. But I was, I knew enough about to start teaching. I started teaching and it just went from there. And then all of a sudden I started meeting people from Europe. They wanted me to go to Europe. So we traveled. I traveled all over the place and I retired uh, earlier. I had to, you had to be in 27 years to uh, get your health care forever kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I stayed in 30 years as a teacher and I said, well, you know, I've got to get out of here. I want to start traveling. And the deal is when you go over to Europe to do a seminar, we had a lot of students over there. You have to get, had to go in the summer. And if you don't think about Europe, if you go to Sweden to do a seminar, everybody's in Spain in the summer. Oh, and they're all taking their vacations. They all okay. go Germans. They all go there. It's like, I had to start, wanted to start teaching at different times of the year because we could travel and I could see the world and stuff. So I started, uh, I quit and I started doing this more and more often, teaching uh, more and more often. They taught all over Europe, most of the countries in Western Europe and in Poland and uh, Brazil. I taught in Brazil. I've been all over just doing that. My wife and I did a whole tour of Europe when I first retired. We were six weeks in Europe going from Spain to Finland to Wales to just teaching, you know, and seeing, seeing the world. And so it was all free, kind of thing. You know, it wasn't like that's crazy. Um, when you say teaching, then you're referring to what you the the martial art that Bruce Lee taught, Jeet Kune Do. Right. So say it again. The name of it, Jeet Kune Do, the way of the intercepting fist. It's based on different things he put together. One form of kung fu with Western fencing and and boxing. So it was really practical. Very 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 interesting art. You know. Uh, very practical and very, very kind of cool, actually. Very genius. I, he was a genius, actually. I do remember um, you being asked to go and and teach and work work and coach football players. Can yeah, you? What happened? What that happened? One of the guys who taught was now passed away. That was one of my younger Jeet We were learning in, in this guy's uh, when he had a Bruce Lee had a little school in Chinatown. When he went over to Hong Kong, the school closed, and my teacher, Dan Yasano, opened up a school in his backyard, had a gym built in his backyard. So there was about 12 of us there. So I got the job. I, I finally got in touch with him to do that. Once I started teaching, I then had time to go and teach. Believe it or not, when I was teaching high school, I had time and then to go do the uh, – I quit my – I quit teaching every day the martial arts, which I did, close that school. And because I was teaching high school and now I had time to then uh, devote to going like, a couple of nights a week to uh, L.A. area and uh, learn it, you know, learn what he was doing. Then I got pretty good at it. But then one of the guys that showed up was uh, a guy named Bob Ward, and he was a conditioning coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Then the Dallas Cowboys started training in Thousand Oaks. And okay. uh, I went to visit him and he said, why don't you start working with these, these guys? So I started working with him. And then it just snowballed from there. And I started working a lot with this guy named Randy White, who became a, well, he was a, he's a football hall of fame. And he was doing a thing where they get together every year with, with if the team that came in second has to go to uh, play in Hawaii with the, the t- other team that came in second, a kind of a, a, a hall star kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And the coach there was from the 49ers and he asked, everybody that show their pass rushing moves. Randy White did it. He said, that's unusual. Where'd you learn it? He said, I learned it from this guy, Tim Tackett. So they called me up and they wanted me to go to the 49ers. So I did that a few times. 
and, uh, and that did the other stuff. And then it just went on until the coaches got fired, you know, then you, you'd lose the job. And then Bob mm-hmm. got right. Job, but so. what was it you were teaching them that made it? I was teaching them pass rush, using hand, how to use your hands for pass rushing. When the defensive line tries to tackle the quarterback, they've got to do that. They could use their hands. So I was working on specializing how to use their hands, using some of the stuff I had learned from Filipino martial arts and from Bruce Lee's martial art. Wow, that is amazing. It's kind of fun. I went to Dallas a few times. I went almost every summer to, uh, to their mini camp in Thousand Oaks. And I went to San Francisco uh, two or three times and taught there, worked with it at their mini camp and stuff. And I actually got two passes, two, two, I, in the Super Bowl that the, the, the uh, uh, 49ers were in, I saw that I, they had four sacks at a quarterback where they, they captured the quarterback. And two of them were stuff I taught. And I talked to the coach and we ought to give you a, a, a ring. And I said, yeah, I should get one. But I never did. You know, you should have. So you are in like, if we were to look at the lineage um, from Bruce Lee, you're significant in that lineage. And yeah, I'm in the top top of it. There's not that many guys who can do it. Not that many left now. They're in the, the top rank kind of a thing. The original kind of thing they call the original students. I was original student because I started when he was still alive. But, I, you know, his wife's a good friend of mine. I had a chance to do, I had a chance to do some fun stuff uh, when my teacher, Danny Asano, was working with people. I went over, we worked with Blake Edwards at over at their, his house. And I met Julie Andrews and she was doing some Filipino martial arts. She was bragging about her little Vietnamese kids. It was really cool. So I met a lot of people doing that kind of thing, you know. Uh, But but even to this day, you are uh, very active and you have a new book coming out. Yeah, I do. It's uh, that's the I think the thirteenth book. So when when someone mentions your name uh, in this world, that you're you are high ranking, you're very notable. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. It's like a you know in this, this small world, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, this Bruce Lee world is is got fairly big just because it was popular, but a lot of people just got into it because it was Bruce Lee and I knew it before he was a, a big movie star. So it was a different kind of a gig for me. And I just appreciated his, his wife's a very good friend. His widow's a very good friend of ours. Uh, you know, but it's interesting. It's interesting. But I, I've kind of retired from that too. I used to, I've tried from going up and doing seminars and stuff. So what are I, you still have a doing? Wednesday night class and I kind of go out there a little bit and, have my number one guy doing the teaching and I've just, uh, you know, just kind of backed off from all of that. You know, we've, I don't go and do the seminars anymore because I just want to get on an airplane and fly somewhere to do it and get off a plane and stuff. It gets right. old after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure anything can. Um, but you say you still do um, teach and uh, coach sometimes. Uh, or I, I was coaching, helping to coach residents high school football, but that, that ended when we left with it, but they changed the head football coach. I, I got tired of doing that too. I just stopped doing pretty much everything. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I wrote the book, <clears throat> but I, uh, <clears throat> it's the last book, <clears throat> mostly on philosophy. <clears throat> Marshall, I know March by COPD is acting up, you know, oh. so I just started to do a little bit of that. So <clears throat> but I, uh, I don't, I don't go and teach anymore. Um, I have about students all over the, you know, in Europe and stuff that they contact me and things. And, uh, but they, they're everybody's doing their, they're, they're teaching what I taught them and they have lesson plans and stuff and, and it's growing and it's still doing it, but I'm just not 
doing anything. I didn't really make any money from it, you know. And selling books isn't isn't a big deal. You don't make that much. Right. Um, uh, so both of these, this, <clears throat> this world of acting and drama and directing and the world of martial arts, do you have anything that you can share that where they correlate or where they've cross-referenced for you in your life or have they always kind of remained two separate well, I, uh, parts of an article and uh in, in a magazine about inside kung fu on uh, on uh, teaching acting and uh and and teaching martial arts how they how they work together a little bit can uh, you give us just a little thumbnail the, of what idea, that the idea yeah the basic idea of okay you take a style or a system uh like a karate system there's a way to do everything, and you, it, it's everybody's taught in a certain route, matter, and stuff. What Bruce Lee wanted to do, he wanted to work for the individual. Everybody would find your own way, so you would have these all these different things. You would find what works for you, what works for you, and I, that's just what I did with drama. The same idea. I would teach different kinds of things, and then have the students choose what worked for them. It wasn't giving them a style or a system. Because it, Bruce was influenced by a guy named Krishnamurti, if you know who that is. Um, I, I think I know the name, but only. He the said name. that he he said the truth is always outside of all fixed patterns. So Say that, that the again, idea, the truth is always outside of all fixed patterns. I love so if you that. Try to, if you try to stick everything into a box, into a thing like that, there's always some truth outside of that. So Bruce's philosophy was that when you're learning, you have to learn to be outside of the box, how to be your, you have to individualize, be yourself. And the drama was the same thing. So this article I wrote at some of my drama students uh, demonstrating some of the stuff was uh, how you could combine the two. So that what my acting, what I was doing with acting, trying to put the, all these different styles and things that, together that, that the drills from all these different places so that the students could choose what worked for them and not this is how you do it. Um, you know, like we started working with playing with verb, play the verbs, for example, you know, instead of, instead of just saying, you know, what are you, what, what am I saying? What, what verb are you using? Are you, are you trying to beg? Are you doing this? So the stronger the verb, the stronger the acting. Well, the same thing in the martial arts thing. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish here? What, what path are you going to use? How are you going to fit in with your opponent? How do you fit in with your character? It all fit together in some kind of really weird way. Ah oh, man, now you've opened it. Was it was a technique? It's it's philosophy. No, I uh, I I had a um. So before I started working professionally, I did get uh, was able to clock in one year of <clears throat> of uh, of college, and I remember doing a piece. Um, hmm. It might have been from "Tell Me That You Love Me, Junior Moon." Yeah. Yeah. And I actually used that also when I auditioned at South Coast Repertory. And uh, but uh, I, I remember the uh, the drama professor, acting professor stopped me after it was over. And um, he asked me about my um, process. And I know that he, I remember sharing with him very simply that you know, I, I, it wasn't a method oriented process um, as in method uh, mm -hmm. acting. And 
he challenged, he said, well, then I, he had problems with the fact that it wasn't. And I remember thinking back to you in that you, that's a, I, I totally forgot that till right now. Our mailman's coming. So our dog is barking, but um, that you did give that room. And it was basically, however you got from point A to point B, the fact that you arrived there and that you were successful in bringing that piece to life and moving someone. Who the hell cares how you did it? Exactly. Exactly. And I remember like taking, having such a beef with him. Whatever works, whatever works, whatever works. It wasn't whatever works from him. (laughs) That wasn't it. He did give me an A in the class, but um, I just remembered that I thought to myself, you don't, you're not who I came from. (laughs) I came from some of the best and I still feel that like whatever works really. And I know that there's lots of things to learn. And I do. I also remember this exercise that, you know, instead of putting all these things together, instead of, instead of adding odds, take away, minimize. Oh, I love that. Instead of, instead of adding on, it'd be more, it'd be the, it'd be the painter, be the sculpture and hack away the unessential. So oh it's, very, it's, very, but it's, it's much more cool than people would think, you know, a martial arts guy and Bruce Lee and stuff. But you see the image of it and the way he really was, was a he's totally different kind of a deal, you know? So that's what I, I try to do. My book is just on the philosophy of, of Jeet Kune Do. What, now, when is your, when will your, well, you don't really know for sure when your book. Well, right now, published. the guy who, there's a, there's a, there's the person, my publisher, and then there's the guy who puts the book together the uh whatever they call designer and his daughter's in and out of the hospital so he's been for so he's he's working on it but it's working slowly so what he has to do all the photos are there Uh, the book is written i just added one little piece here because i just remembered uh i remembered uh this i was trying to explain how you want to have the minimum of of tools there's a thing called hicks law that hicks law basically says that, that if you're trying to do something like, let's say uh, the more choices you have to react to a situation, the slower it is for you to react to that situation because you're, so you notice you have to get to the minimum thing there. So the more, so that's the kind of thing that we're working on and everything becomes simpler instead of more, instead of adding, you take right. away. And uh, so that's kind of stuff I'm doing in the book. I just added that to the book uh, yesterday because I just remembered Hicks Law. I, I have the thing on daily minimize instead of daily increase, but I, I'd forgotten the name of Hicks Law and I saw it the other day and added it to the book. But when I get the book, uh, it'll have the photos and stuff in it and I have to go through to make sure they're the right photos. Okay, that correlate yeah. correctly. What you do right? is you, you, get a, a, you get all the photos and they have numbers on the photos. So when you write the book, you have the technique and then you put the number of the photo. Then he takes the number of the photo and puts that photo in there. So I have to do that, and then I have to uh, look at all those photos, make sure they they match right. to what my original manuscript is, and then um, I have to then get rid of, go through, make sure there's no mistakes in it. Then we send it back to him. He does all the corrections. He, we send it to the publisher. The publisher sends it to Amazon, and then they they start printing the books. Okay. And what's the name of the book, Tackett? They uh, Kundo. Uh, Do principles that any martial artist can use. Oh my goodness! Principles. Very cool. Um, so it's not it's not about a style. But if you're doing anything, you can say what is the most efficient way to do a certain move. 
what whether art you are, you know, and you things like certain moves take certain certain amount of time. Certain about seems like a time commitment theory. In other words, if I'm doing something, it takes a certain amount of time. The more time that I take, the more vulnerable I am to being countered. So it's it's a real philosophical kind of an art. It's uh, it's really kind of cool. And it fit in with the drama to me really easy. Right. No, I'm, able, I'm, I'm totally able to see that, how you could pick up that template, essentially, and place it down in so many things. So In fact, that structure here said was, uh, Bruce would call that, uh, Christian Murray would call it, he was bound by his style. In other words, he couldn't think outside of his style. He was what's called, he was bound by it. And you want to, you, it was a cage. His art was a cage bounding it instead of freeing him yeah so true so true and i and i never carried uh for me in my craft i never carried um truthfully you're it you are it in in terms of of um teaching me i was still Um, growing as a teacher too i was adding and growing and reading and adding certain things and i towards the end i was taking the, the 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 graduate program from uc uh, San Diego, some of the stuff they were doing. And I started teaching that, you know, and seeing what, how does that work and what does it work about it? So I was constantly learning and, and, and I wasn't stuck in trying to do the one thing, everything. I was different every year. Right. You know, be, I, you know, I know it. I was with you for four years and I can attest to that. Just a very um, hugely memorable time. And you're, and the partner that you had in Mike. Um, that was perfect. He started by, Taking, he came and he was, uh, came to my first play that I did, and he had just started teaching there. And, uh, and he wanted to start, we started becoming friends. Then he took photos of stuff. He was doing photography, but he was coaching football too. So when he wasn't coaching football, he got more and more involved. And then I got more involved in football, started him doing more of the directing. And then it just kind of, you know, just we just kind of traded off back and forth on that. And when I was at Edowanda, I had him starting to do it a lot more of the directing. I was doing the football. Then I was also traveling and, and teaching and stuff. So I had more time to do it. So we did a lot of the plays that at Edowanda. I did the Shakespeare. I think I did. I did. I think we did three Greek tragedies. Oh, wow. Antigone. And we did, uh, uh, we did uh, Electra and... Uh, uh, we did, I don't know what the third one was, Medea. We did Medea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what, do you have anything on your bucket list that you would desire to do that you haven't done since you've been just about? Um, traveling to certain places that I didn't go to that I wanted to go to. I, I wanted to go to St. Peter. I just a lot of places I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to Vietnam. I've been to, to, to uh I lived in we lived in Taiwan for almost three years, but and I, I didn't never made it to Hong Kong. But you know, I just wanted to travel more. Uh I saw most of uh most of lots of South America, most of Europe, and been to all 50 states. I've been to probably about 30 or 40 countries. I just wanted to do a little bit more, just a little bit more. I didn't get much to see in Eastern Europe at the time. I wanted I've been to Croatia and I taught in in you know, I've been to different places, but I just wanted to do a little bit more. You know, I, I had a chance. It's just been a wonderful experience. I, I had a chance to go teach in Venice. So my wife and I go to Venice. A guy meets me. And we go to, he actually got an apartment for us in downtown Venice between 
the Rialto Bridge and the uh, St. Mark's Square. We just were there for a week. We had a little restaurant down there. We just, you know, and then I teach, taught, I teach on weekends, maybe five hours a day. And then the rest of the time, we were just uh, eating and traveling and checking everything out. So it was a really cool experience. So we got to, to see Venice that way, besides going on a tour. Uh, we First, we went to Venice, went on a, on a tour of Italy. And it was in and out, blah, blah, blah. You know, and just Tuesday, it must be built. And we saw a lot of Italy. But I said, we, we it was flooding in Venice. I said, we got to go back to Venice sometime. And this guy caught me, want to come teach in Venice. I said, well, hell yes. I said, it's been a lecture time. Well, I'll put you up over there for a week. So we had a free vacation in Venice, you know, living like the, living like the people in Venice. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a tourist area, right? We were with, with the Venetian people, a little thing here, a little place there to buy this and to buy that. Right. It's cool, you know. So cool. Yeah, Have you ever had Wales and all these other places? I've Say been. that again. I'm sorry, I was talking over you. A lot of the other places I've been in 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 England and stuff, and I taught. Oh, a lot of different cities in England, everything from Lincoln down to Bath to all these other places. Of Cornwall, did two or three seminars in Cornwall, did three or four in Wales. And so I've been all over doing that and just, you know, really digging it, you know. Um, have you ever had a situation where you had to uh, use your um, martial Art. arts? Huh? Not really. Not really. No, no. no I've, I pretty much demonstrate it and nobody complains or nobody tries to challenge it, you know. Um, I know I have but a they're, they're, but they're my guys, you know. They're people who I meet when we started doing these seminars, we did we did I did Aspen and then we did one in the California Martial Arts Academy. Started that at UC Irvine every summer. It was like like I was about maybe six weeks there, and we had our own my wife and I had our own apartment on campus. And I taught there regularly, and we did that for a while. And then, then the guy didn't like that, so we had to started doing the, the Smoky Mountain Camp. And um, we, so I take my wife to the kids to uh, Louisiana, and then I drive into North Carolina and do it right on the North Carolina Georgia board. And I teach in this camp, and I meet people. They come from Europe, they come from all the place. They say, "Why don't you come over and teach in Wales? Why don't you come over and teach here?" So I started doing that, and everywhere from Holland to Belgium to France to I've taught in. In, in Bordeaux and Paris and another little village. I taught all over the damn place. Spain, maybe eight different cities in Spain and stuff. Goodness and gracious. The wife, so finally the wife would, you know, say, well, you know, I've been there. Okay. Been there, done that. I'm like, <laughs> we would go to a place and she really, she really would love it. But after a while, you know, another bloody cathedral or another, but she just, just wanted to stay home. Right. So I was okay too. She could stay home, you know? Yeah. But, but she got to see see a lot of the world for this little Cajun from Louisiana. So that was because of that, you know. And we uh, we also did some tours. So we did a tour of, you know, scheduled tours. We did uh, Costa Rica and Ireland and Alaska and uh, Italy and Australia. We went to New Zealand on our own and did a, drove all over New Zealand. So we, it's been a, it's been a good life, you know. But now it's just time to kick back. Right now I'm. I do a lot of, uh, I'm really interested in, in watching a lot of really good television. Um, I don't know if you, I, we, have, we have a Roku. I know Mike yeah. uses, a, uses a Apple TV, we have that too. But I have, a, I have a chance, I can watch BBC. So I, I have a way of doing that, which is a total secret. But I could take it from my computer and put it on my TV. And it's surprising how much, how much BBC is not much on that, really. It's a lot of, a lot of nonsense mostly, but I, uh, 
I have like, there's, there's a big interest in, in uh, European television, how good it is. There's an app called MHZ, which is a foreign uh, European television. Okay. Stuff from Nordic Noir and stuff like that. Some of the best, and but now it's spread out all these other different apps too. You get them on Netflix, you get them on Hulu, you get them on but pretty much MHZ is sticks to basically the foreign language uh, stuff like that. But they, Denmark has some of the best television I've ever seen. Really? Of the 10 favorite TV series, about three of them are from Denmark. Really? Uh, the Killing. Okay. The, uh, the Killing is one of them. Uh, uh, Borgen. Borgen is absolutely stunningly brilliant. It's about a woman who becomes prime minister. And it's so you understand how the politics work. There's like about 10 different political parties. They have to all got to get together. But it's stunningly wonderful on, on, on the acting and, and understanding how the politics works over there. Um, the, the bridge, the original bridge, uh, that was a Swedish uh, Danish production. Okay. And Sweden, so Norway, Sweden, all these places do great stuff. We're watching a lot of great stuff from France. I've turned Kramer onto some of it. Uh, really beautiful. It's wonderful, wonderful how good stuff is, you know. We're watching, uh, we just finished watching uh, an Italian one uh, called The Bastards of Pisadero, stuff like that about this cop, this cop thing in and, and Italy. And it's just really good. Uh, you get an understanding into a different, into where the people live over there. It's really good stuff. Amazingly good stuff. I'm John. Eight. 1864, which was Denmark's war. It's a war they had with Prussia. One okay. of the most stunningly beautiful TV shows I've ever seen. I'm writing it down. 1864, Denmark's war. Um, how often do you get to visit or speak with uh, with Kramer? I speak Mike. to him. Mostly he texts. He's a texter. Yeah. I'm not a texter. I like you got to just give me a goddamn phone call. So, okay. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just don't text. I don't like to text. I get, I get from an ex a drama or a teacher. Uh, we I coach with him at at, at Iwana. I got three texts from him this morning, putting some some political crap he sends me constantly. I just don't want to say stop sending this shit. But you know, it's just uh, uh, you know, I, I get text constantly. I get, you know, on Facebook you're allowed to have five thousand friends. That's it. Okay, I've had to. I get twenty. Facebook friends requests a day. And I have a thing where I just have cut and paste a thing. I can only take so many. Thank you for your thing. But you can look at me at this, my, my kind of fan page kind of a thing. It's interesting how that works. Uh, it's, uh, like I'm uh, like Chuck Norris. Okay. I know Chuck Norris and uh, you, he has a page, but it's not, I can't give, I can't give you the name. Okay. He has, he has his page, but then he has his fan. His has his friend page. Mm -hmm. which is his name is just spelled differently. Okay. You know, so that way you can do it. You could have that, but constantly people trying to become friends, Facebook friends and stuff. And it's just really weird. And they come from, from, I have offers to go teach in Tazakistan and, you know, it's just, you get known from all over the place. You know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Middle Eastern people are wanting to study and stuff. It's just really weird. The coolest of cools you are, my friend. You you always have been and you always will be. I just want to thank you for this time. Um, when your book comes out, 
I would love, uh, no, first of all, why, not first of all, but tell me, why do you say this is the last book? Are you sure? I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't think, I don't have anything else to say. Okay. <laughs> well, then there we go. I don't know that I've ever said that, that I have nothing else to say, but well, I know what you mean. I know, I get what you mean. Top of that one, you know. Yeah. Same with Rob. I, you know, when I, when I stopped, uh, I directed over, over 70 plays. And when I got it, stopped doing it, uh, I retired. I just retired from it. I went to see a couple of Kramer's plays, but I haven't seen a play since. You know, I just, it's just, it's a different part. It's my life's over there, you know. Got it. And my life's here doing that martial arts. And now I'm not doing that. So my life's my home and, you know, just doing some stuff around the house. Right. I got it. You are, um, Going up uh, or coming down, it's only rock and roll. That's what you got to say, man. So, <laughs> you are loved. I love you, That's Tim cool. Tackett. Thank you very much. I loved all my students. I you know, know you did. I actually liked them. I like kids. You know, I like people. Yeah. I didn't care much for the, a lot of the teachers because they were so, you know, political nonsense and stuff, you know, and they were, they were bound. They were all bound by certain things, you know? Yeah. And not, not having understood that literally at the time, I can see that now looking back that you sort of operated on the fringe in many ways. And, but we all loved you and. Well, I had an advantage that nobody knew what the hell I was doing or how to do it. So I, if you're an English teacher, they can, they can come in and, and criticize how you teach English. Nobody could say diddly squat about how I taught drama. Right. They just left me alone. Right. Right. But look at what happened. I mean, it was just a, uh, I mean, people still, I just um, saw Sue Heaps Hanner. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we um, had, we were on a bit of a road trip and she's in Vermont now and visiting with her and her husband. And we spent a good portion of the night talking about our experience at Montclair high school in the drama department. So um, that, I don't know what that feels like to you, but I mean, it's a feels big deal. Huh? It feels good to me. Well, I'm glad to know that because you, you are just iconic in my life. And this has been such a thrill to have you here. I know you and I have seen each other periodically over the years, but it's been a few, probably on pushing 10 years since I've actually seen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I visited with you and your wife and we all went to dinner, what, about 10 years ago or so. But um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the impact that you've left in my life and the person that you have been and what you instilled in me and hone in the honing of my craft and the, and teaching me. And uh, I, your thumbprint is all over what it is that I think I naturally have a gift for, but um, you are definitely there. And you and Mike are, are uh, just. Yeah, we can try to fertilize over. the gift, you know, you, you well, have the gift, but you just have to be able to express it. And that's what we were helping to do. You sure did. So I'm going to stop the recording. Don't go away. We'll say goodbye personally once I stop the recording. But thank you so much, uh, Tackett, for being here. And I'd love to have you back when your book comes out, just to chew on that a little bit. I'm super interested. Okay, cool. All right. Hold on. I will just say thank you again. I have... Um, such a love for Tackett, Mr. Tackett, Tim. I can call him Tim now. Uh, my memories are so vivid of the time that I spent under his instruction and um, 
at the foot of his wisdom. And I I think even though I had nothing to compare it to, I knew at my core that he was just uh, light years ahead of maybe the typical scenario in a high school um, theater department. So I feel very blessed that I had that experience with him, but then for him to see something in me and want to um, encourage it and nurture it, it is he and Mike Kramer really are um, hugely instrumental in my having pursued a career um, as an actress. And I just want to say thank you again. And thank you to the listening audience for joining us today and for all the weeks that you join me. Um, It's been a lovely process to watch the audience grow. I just hope you continue to like and share and, and comment and um, uh, subscribe. That would be awesome. But you are kind of why I do this. And I thank you very much for being along with me and thank you. Tackett. You're in my heart forever. Bye.